which actually doesn't allow us to practice the yama and niyama in kaya mana vakya means in body mind and speech so if i can practice in kaya mana vakya then only it is something which is effective it can lead to the overhauling of my personality the purification of my personality otherwise it just becomes a mere sham show outwardly i am showing that i am a religious person i am a yogi but inwardly i know my mind is full of negativities so that's why we have to take care of all the negative thoughts and that's the idea which was spoken of in the 33rd and in the 34th sutra by bringing in the idea of pratipaksha bhavana which speaks of the contending thoughts so what's the main contending th- what's the main idea behind the contending thought that yes it's only after examining the ways of life i have understood that this world can give me as such no fulfillment it advertises a lot but delivers nothing i have understood that that through the sunset pleasures of life i can achieve no fulfillment and it is out of my choice no one has impelled me out of my choice i have resorted to yoga i took a resolution that i will resort to the yoga out of my own choice and now after starting after initiating my journey if i find that my mind is going back to the old ways of life i have to rebuke myself by how how i have to rebuke by saying that i am just behaving like a dog the dog licks its own vomit so what i have vomited out that i won't resort to these old ways of life these old ways of life i have vomited out and now again even mentally if i am nurturing them it is as if licking my own vomit so that's the way i have to rebuke myself and go back to my practice again and again so this is the vigilance which has been spoken of with the idea of pratipaksha bhavana that enough is enough for how many lives i don't know i have wasted by that old ways of living 
I thought them to be the be all and end all of my existence. Now I realize that it is not going to take me anywhere. It will be just taking me round and round to this in the cycle of birth and death without any purpose. I will be just wasting the lives. So why not stop it? Just have the sense of purpose. Then only we can have concentration. Without the necessity, we can never have concentration. But the moment the student has the purpose behind the studies, the concentration develops. In our profession, we find that whenever there is a purpose, the focus comes. As an individual, the focus comes. As a group, the focus comes. So everywhere, unless you have a vision which speaks of the purpose, you can never have concentration. You can never have focus. So Pratipaksha Bhavana helps us to keep our, our vision alight. It doesn't get extinguished. The flame, once it has been lighted, it, I keep it, this flame always lit up, it is lit up. It remains burning. It remains lighted with the help of this Pratipaksha Bhavana. So in details, the 34th Sutra spoke of the next, that how the Pratipaksha Bhavana has to be practiced, that we will find that in many ways, in various levels, we have the tendency to transgress the practices of yama, yama and niyama. So I have to be aware that in all the levels, I don't transgress, I not, not, in, not in a single level I transgress the practice which I have already resolved to internalize. So what are those various levels? It was spoken in the 34th Sutra. That vitarka himsadaya krita karita anumodita. How nicely it has been told. It's not that if I resist myself from doing, from violating any of those yamas and niyamas, that is krita. I may myself not be doing it, but I may just get it done by someone else, that is karita. I may be the cause. Or sometimes I am not getting it done by others, but someone is doing, I approve it. Anumodana. So in so many ways, I can transgress. So these all vitarkas, these all obstructions can be either committed or caused or approved. Krita, karita, anumodita. And why I resort to them? Out of lobha, krodha, moha. Lobha, moha, krodha, moha parvaka. It may be out of greed, I resort to violence, or out of anger, or out of infatuation. That as in the last class we were told in the greed, just to get some financial benefits, I may be committing violence against others, out of greed. Krodha, out of anger, that some of my desires got restricted because of someone else. And that inflares the anger in me. And out of that anger, I do some crime in the form of violence. That is Krodha, Moha. Sometimes I justify my anger. Yet I am justified. That anger has some reason. Such and such person has duped me in such and such way and my anger is justified. So that is infatuation. As Swamiji used to say, anger is never justified. Never try to justify your anger and say that out of that, the violence which has came has some purpose. As I'm a yogi, I can never justify the anger. The non-resistance is the highest spiritual goal. If I cannot practice, let me accept the fact that I am incapable, but let me not say that it cannot be done. That it is something impractical. Let the ideal be in its own place. Let us not drag it down. So this sutra speaks of that. Don't get infatuated and say that it was okay. So lobha, krodha, moha, purvaka. So I don't, the, neither I commit violence, nor I approve of it, nor I engage someone else to do it out of either greed 
or anger or moha and the level of violence can be mridu madhya adhimatra it can be something very mild or something which is uh, madhya moderate or it may be something adhimatra overwhelming great that i may kill someone so it may we go to that extent so all those things i am very much aware of that some some person may think that yes krodha to a little extent mridu is okay i may not go for adhimatra so that's why yoga sutra here has categorized it so meticulously to say in not even a trace should remain as sri ramakrishna used to say very nicely that if the thread all the fibers of the thread are not moistened and uh, what you say that nicely it has been moistened to form a single uh, fiber all the fibers are dissipated if i just moisten them and make a single fiber by adhering all of them then only i can make the thread to enter through the eye of the needle otherwise if even if a single fiber is you find is not uh, uh, means has been tightened is not has been uh, conglomerated together conglomerated together it won't enter through the needle so all the threads all the fibers of the thread should conglomerate and then only it can enter through the eye of the needle so distractions of the mind are like those fibers of the thread through our focus it has to be moistened so that they all adhere together they all get conglomerated and then only they can enter through the eye of the needle then only you can really reach the goal of your spiritual journey so that's to indicate that that there may be so many fibers in so many forms for each of the a prac of, of this there are 10 practices five yama and five niyama of each of the practices i may train transgress in 27 ways like himsa can be krita karita anumodita again each of them can be out of lobha krodha moha and again each of them can be mridu madhya adhimatra so that way if you categorize you will find there are 27 ways i can transgress ahimsa and it it holds good for all the other nine practices so there will be 270 ways of transgression so yoga here by describing it in such details is actually indicating that not even a single fiber should be left out from being conglomerated then you should then you know that even you have to great extent taken care of conglomerating all the fiber even if one fiber remains it won't enter the needle eye of the needle so you have to be very cautious meticulous and that's why that this proverb in english is so appropriate for this uh, understanding this sutra that the price of purity is vigilance we have to be very vigilant with our own mind that vigilance should become a spontaneous uh, habit of our mind that at the beginning most probably i have to again and again make my mind vigilant with my will power by bringing back the focus again to again and again to my mind but it should become an habit whatever i may be do, doing a part of my mind will be always there as a gatekeeper to decide what should i allow that gatekeeper is there to just discriminate the entrance that all are not allowed uh, suppose it's a your parliament house that only so the the those who are uh, part of that body maybe there is a legislative assembly members or it may be the one who is working there in the holding some office and working there it's all those persons who are allowed not all so like that the mind should have that gatekeeper always vigilant to discriminate that who what type of thoughts which are positive that are allowed others need not be allowed so that's what uh, is the role of vitark this pratipaksha bhavana in our spiritual life so now you will find 
from this discussion that it actually speaks of the training of the mind that all the practices though have a physical aspect but it actually speaks of the training of the mind so all the practices actually should take us to certain extent to the highest rung of spirituality that is samadhi means my practice of say ahimsa i take the idea that i in no way am going to harm others i by resorting to yoga have uh, given abhaya that say abhaya dana that i have uh, assured uh, the total non violence from my side to the entire creation that i have assured the security to the entire creation and this it's not just a mere word i have to meditate contemplate and this should become a thought wave in my mind a spontaneous thought wave just this thought should take you to the dhyana dharana dhyana samadhi for each of this practice they should be cultured in our mind that way then only those practices can really become effective and whether they have really become effective we can even ourselves find out not ourselves even others can find out because each of the practices is going to bring out is is is, is going to yield some palpable results so what are the palpable results that ensues from the effective practice of each of the yamas and the niyamas all the 10 practices that will be enunciated by the yoga in the succeeding sutras which we will take up one by one uh, in today's discussion so in the 35th sutra first is if you get established in ahimsa so what's the result it is a palpable result that i am established in ahimsa non violence what's the palpable result that will be visible ahimsa pratishthayam tat sannidhau vaira tyaga so that is the 35th sutra that if one gets established in ahimsa in non injury ahimsa pratishthayam pratishtha means to get established one the yogi who gets established in non injury so what is the result that ensues from it tat sannidhau in his presence what to speak of him he has already ceased to be hostile but in his presence even a tiger cannot be hostile no other creature can be hostile in his presence you may say the tiger cannot live without killing yes it has to kill but as long as it is in it is in its presence it will find that almost some like program has been disabled in his vicinity ahimsa is something like that like a mobile jammer in the belurmat shrine when the moment you enter belurmat the main temple at the time of evening aarti though the notice is there everywhere the notice is there please keep your mobiles off but sometimes people forget and suddenly during the aarti that you know the ringtone uh, will just play and that really is a big distraction uh, such as a serene somber atmosphere and suddenly the ring so to ensure that no mobile uh, uh, is active when this vesper service is going on there is a mobile jammer in many other places it is there so even if you have forgotten know it for certain there is no signal all the mobiles gets deactivated so we find that there's there's in specific locations that there's a mobile jam, uh, jammer is what it's doing it is disabling the mobile signals similarly the mind of a yogi who is established in ahimsa can neutralize all violent thoughts in his or her vicinity it's not something uh, which is uh, we are speaking means uh, is out of imagination there are such uh, instances many such instances we will find in uh, not only in uh, what you will say that even in our tradition in any tradition you go that in presence of the yogi the, the, there cannot be any violence there are 
innumerable examples. And you may say that why then uh, that I uh, am as such ahimsa, that I never harm others, but it never happens with me. Know it for certain that yes, though we may feel that I as such don't harm others, but I have not taken care of this practice of ahimsa to that utmost level where even the seed of hinsa is not there in my mind. How to understand that? That if someone is on the verge of killing me, I will find somehow I am repelling back. But for one who is established in that practice, how he gets established? Because of his disidentification. A yogi is constantly contemplating on the fact that I am the conscious principle not the body, not the mind, not the senses. And this practice has become so effective that the stimuli response conditioning has started breaking off. For me now, if someone pinches me, I even won't have to decide. It's a reflex. My hand will be repelled or I will give a blow. It's a stimuli response conditioning. For such a person, the stimuli response conditioning has collapsed, it has broken, it's no more there. You may say, is it possible? Yes, it is possible. In the life of Ramakrishna, we will find that when Naren kept a coin under the bed, he just hide, just he was hidden a coin under the bed of, under the mattress of Sri Ramakrishna to testify the fact that Sri Ramakrishna can never bear the touch of metal. That's what he used to say that I get terrible pain. So unknowingly one day he kept a coin under the mattress. When Ramakrishna came back to his room and sat on the mattress, immediately jumped up and he asked his nephew to just see what's behind and below the mattress and the coin was found out. Ramakrishna knew that someone was experimenting on him and he found it was Naren and he was happy that he was tested. He told, yes, you should test a holy man. Then only you can know that whether he's really holy or not. So here Naren found out that that is the real uh, internalizing of all these yamas and niyamas. It has become a, what is a nervous association. You have assimilated that uh, idea of renunciation to such an extent that your nervous association has changed, as has been mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita, that yada samharate chayam kurmonga niva sarvasha. So what happens when you get established in the practice? So now, whenever the sensate pleasures of, uh, of the world is there in my presence, my limbs immediately without my knowing moves towards them. Even in the Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavan is saying, that how you will understand that you have become sthita pragya, you have got established, just the opposite happens. When you find that the objects are there to distract you, to lure you, just the way the tortoise withdraws its limb inside its shell. And even if you kill it, it's not going to bring out its limbs. Once it has retaliated, it is not going to. It, once it has uh, withdrawn itself. It is not going to retaliate in any way under, under any provocation. Then you know you are established. So here, that's the thing which has been spoken of as Ahimsa. That even that when, the, the, when the, there's, there is no desire to harm or retaliate, even under provocation, it never arises in your mind. Then only you can be assured of the fact that you are established in Ahimsa. And when such a thing has happened, then your mind has become extremely powerful. Know it for certain. Our minds are not segregated as we have, we have mentioned again and again in our previous classes. There is only one mind. There is only one mind. And the stronger is your mind, the more it influences the other mind. Just the way if you have a Wi-Fi connection, the stronger is the signal. You find that... Uh, the things which are transmitted, you can view them without any delay or any obstruction. 
if you are away, the more you are away from the Wi-Fi signal, you find the signal is becoming weak. So just that the way the Wi-Fi signal is transmitting and its, uh, its effectiveness depends on the strength of the signal. Here also, the practice of nonviolence speaks of the strength of your mind to radiate that nonviolence. It no more remains just your practice. Even others who are in your vicinity, like that Wi-Fi, that strong signal of the Wi-Fi, they are affected for the time being, whoever in this vicinity, and there's no violence possible. Even in the life of Swami Vivekananda, in Holy Mother, Ramakrishna, there are so many examples. When Swami Vivekananda was a wandering monk, he was moving around here, just uh, throughout India on foot. And he was once meditating inside a forest. And it so happened that suddenly he found that he has encountered, a, there's a lion in his presence, he's in front of him. He opened his eyes, he saw the lion in his presence and immediately that what the thought came, that shows that how was established in the practice of Ahimsa. That let this lion devour my body. At least it will appease its hunger. Otherwise this body has no purpose. Let it go. Because his purpose of life has been served. He has realized the ultimate truth. Whether the body remains or not, he has no hankering for it. As Sri Ramakrishna used to say that we do have to take care of the body. Ramakrishna's examples are wonderful. How long? Till the spiritual truths gets crystallized. He used to give a very nice example that you, in, the, in Ayurveda, there is a, medita is a medicine, medicine which is called Makaradhvaja. It's a very strong what is a medicine which revitalizes us, which, is, which helps in vitalizing a person who is weak it vitalizes him. It can help you to get rid of many so-called diseases. So it's a very effective medicine, Makaradhvaja. But to prepare it, you have to crystallize many as such, this, uh, um, uh, so many uh, these herbs, these uh, con concussions of the, uh, uh, connections of the herbs, very, there's all the liquids, diluted herbs, all have to be poured inside the bottle. And this liquid, you have to give some time. It needs time to get crystallized. So you have to keep the bottle without disturbing it. It will get crystallized. All those liquids will get crystallized to form a strong solid. Now that medicine is that strong solid. When you have poured in the bottle, as they were liquid, it was easy to pour. Now you cannot bring it out. The only way to bring out the medicine, now you have to break the bottle. So Sri Ramakrishna used to say very nicely that once the Makaradhvaja has crystallized, there is no need of that bottle. It has to be broken. So we have to take care of the body as long as we have not reached the spiritual illumination. After that, it has no purpose. All this, our efforts to keep the body uh, what you say this, uh, free from disease, healthy, the only purpose is for the spiritual realization. Once it is done, it has no purpose. There is no such attachment for the body for such a soul. And that's what we find. Swamiji's, what is the thought came? He was totally effortless. Just simply relaxing there, he thought, let this lion devour my body. At least it will appease its hunger. And Swamiji was waiting for the lion to pounce on him, but he found after some time, the lion just simply turned around and moved away. It's in the life of Swamiji, if you read, you will find these incidences are there. Not only that, in the West, once he was uh, having a stroll down the road along with the other devotees. And there were some lady devotees. And suddenly from nowhere, a bull came chasing, a very powerful bull came chasing. And Swami Vivekananda who was behind, he came, he just rushed and pushed the other devotees behind him so that if the bull chases, it should has, it, it will 
strike him. And Swami, when he was waiting that let the, the, for the bull to chase him, what is the thought came? That's very interesting. That he was just calculating how far it will throw him. So that's what is mentioned, that he was just waiting to uh, see that how far, he was just calculating as to how far it will throw. There was no as such sense of enmity towards the bull or sense of saving himself. He saved others and was just waiting and he found that what happened? The bull stopped, stared at him, turned around and leaves. So we find this, that this type of practice, there's the one who gets established in the practice of non-violence. Almost it becomes impossible for any violence to happen in his presence. We know in the life of Holy Mother that she had some unconditional love. And you will know this love can dissolve all the evil propensities in others. Holy Mother even used to, the Amzad who came from the neighboring village, they were known for their notorious, they were, they were the notorious robbers. And Holy Mother even showered his love unconditionally, unconditionally to Amzad. So many have questioned that why Holy Mother should allow Amzad to come to her vicinity because he's, he can prove to be very dangerous. When again and again it was insisted, Holy Mother pointed out a very interesting thing. She herself pointed out, what? That have you noticed that in and around Jairambati, that village, there is no incidence of theft or robbery. It was very common in villages a bit far off, but near Jairambati, in Jairambati and the surrounding villages, there was no robbery, no theft. Holy Mother indicated that to say that, that love dissolves the evil propensities. Unconditionally, she used to love that shower the love and Amzad who himself admitted in front of Holy Mother, once Holy Mother asked, for such a long time you didn't come, what's the matter? Just simply in a casually, Amzad told that you know that for such and for being, I got caught in some, may this, some, mis, uh, some miscreant activities, some misdeeds, some for some stealing, and I was in jail for six months. And Holy Mother also casually replied, oh, Acha, that's why you couldn't come. No, uh, never, she never rebuked, she never advised that you shouldn't do. And she was busy actually to serve Amzad food, prepare some bed for her, him to sleep. And Amzad also used to be very much relaxed whenever he used to visit Holy Mother. And that unconditional love started changing him without a single advice without a single rebuke or uh, uh, chastisement, the life of Amzad we find was started transforming just from this unconditional love. So there is no sense of hatred, enmity in the mind of Holy Mother. And that actually ensures that the other's mind is bound to change. So that these are the things we should learn in our life. That's why that's why it is being told again and again. Swamiji is saying, anger is never justified. If we can have that patience to shower our love unconditionally to all, whatever may be the other's attitude or behavior towards me, know it for certain. Such practice is not only spiritually beneficial to me, it is spiritually beneficial to others also. In the words of Swami Vivekananda, each of these spiritual practices is Atmana Mukshartham, and Jagadhita. It's not only for my own liberation, it in some way or other is going to do benefit to the entire humankind. So that's what has been indicated in this sutra, in the 35th sutra, Ahimsa Pratishthayam Tatsannidhav Vairatyaga. There cannot be any violence in his or her vicinity. The yogi who has got established in Ahimsa. He becomes like a mobile jammer, as we were indicating. That no, like this, that all the mobiles get deactivated, all violence gets deactivated in the presence of such a yogi. In the olden days, in the forest ashram, in the ashrams used to be in the forest. 
and there was no need for any protection how could they stay in that forest and why they stayed in the forest because they were assured they were so established in their practice that there was no need for any fencing or boundary they knew for certain that there cannot be any as such violence in the vicinity of the ashram they have created the ashram their practice has created that uh, invisible fence which no one can uh, trespass no one can trespass so that is the that's what is uh, happens when you get established in the practice of ahimsa so now you will understand that not a single of this practice actually speaks of the mere physical practice by 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 which we are in generally satisfied we say oh i am ahimsa i take i don't uh, kill any other animals i have a pure vegan diet so i am established in ahimsa so know it for certain it is not that physical it's good that we uh, we are vegetarian or vegan whatever it is but the practice doesn't end there we have to overhaul our personality in such a way that there shouldn't be any trace of violence in our mind it should be totally uprooted cleansed off and when you know you are established when you find that there is no violence in your vicinity so that has been indicated in the 35th sutra so let us go to the 36th sutra that if you get established in truth satya then what's the result in kaya mana vakya you have practiced truth that even if there's my life is in danger i have not deviated from truth what happens in your life if you ask a small child no one says i want to be untruthful i want to be a bad person everyone says i want to uh, resort to goodness resort to truthfulness but what happens as we grow up we find that somehow we have started compromising with the truth why it happens because we lack in that moral strength and our consciousness our conscience gets curved gets a lot of deviation just the way the river has lot of curves on its way from the mountain top to the ocean why the river is not straight it never flows straight you will find there are various bends in the river so when the river is coming down from the mountain it follows the line of least the course of least resistance it is coming down the water is coming down and it finds a rocky terrain what will happen the water will immediately bend towards the course where the resistance is least and that's how it gets so many curves so many bends if the flow was strong like amazon even the delta cannot form even when it has entered the ocean you can see the amazon river the flow of the amazon river for kilometers in inside the ocean it is so strong and that's why there is no delta in amazon it comes straight out into the ocean without any bend but the other rivers you find there are so many bends belt deltas have formed why because the flow is not strong and that's why it follows the line of least resistance in our life as we lack the moral strength though we have the intention to lead a truthful life the moment we find a little obstruction we take the path of least resistance and compromise at last we find we have become a bundle of compromises so the satya the practice of satya also is something that not that easy that i am having that strong will power that even at the cost of my life i am not going to deviate from truth if you get established in truthfulness uh, to the to its entirety with that type of strength which needs even not only the will power it needs that vigilance to constantly see your mind that in no way i am deviating from the truth so all the practices are actually sequent not sequential they go simul they are simultaneous that we think first yama has to be practiced then niyama then comes asana then pranayama then pratyahara dharana dhyana samadhi no 
for each of this yama and niyama practices you will find all other practices are in some way involved so they are all simultaneous they are not sequential and then only they can be effective for satya also that it is the same thing constantly have to be vigilant it has to do it has to do something with your mind pratyahara again and again you have to bring back the mind to the practice of satya i won't allow it to deviate i make this idea of truthfulness as a strong will power so that it becomes the dharana it becomes my dhyana even when there is no situation uh to speak the untruth just say that most probably uh tomorrow i have to go to my office and there we find that as a group it has been decided that we have to compromise but today i prepare myself i am meditating that whatever may be the situation i am not going to deviate from truth yes there are persons i many those who cannot it's okay that many of us cannot but let us not say that it is not possible because there are instances people have that courage that at any cost they are not going to compromise with the truth and for that it's before the situation they have contemplated on it they have contemplated on it and then only they can face the situation so that this all the practices are simultaneous so it has become such a strong mental force then only uh, even in under all tiring situations you will find that you cannot deviate him from truth when you can get established in the truth in such an effective manner how it will find expression now first it is i who have to follow the truth and then i will find truth follows me what it means you become satya sankalpa that has been mentioned in the 36 sutra that whatever anything comes out of your mind if you of your mouth what anything which you wish that just happens first you follow the truth and then truth follows you you wish anything that is bound to happen you uh, a holy person that's why we that in india the concept that i should visit the holy person somehow i have to please him by seva or any way because even a single wish a single benevolent thought from his mind towards me is going to be effective that's the thought for hundreds of years we are having why because once you get established in satya satya pratishthayam kriya phalam asrayatyam that that whatever results i am going to have through kriya that happens even without that action that's if such and such a person say be holy become a religious person become holy you will find a wonderful transformation is happening in that person most probably he was a very crude person a very uh, violent person where he was full of all negativities and you will find sudden change uh, uh, is happening that character is transforming just by the mere wish of a holy person who is established in satya so the satya pratishthayam kriya phalam asrayatyam so when truthfulness is achieved the words of the yogi acquires the power of making them fruitful so this is the idea of the satya sankalpa so for this the practices in the words of ramakrishna maun o mukh ak at present if you will find that what we speak sometime doesn't speaks of our mind i may be angry towards someone but when i'm speaking towards him i may be using pleasing words though the anger is there so that is not the practice of truthfulness my mind should conform to my speech then is it that if i'm angry i have to speak uh, speak out even through anger no it doesn't mean that it means yes today i am trying to curb my anger inwardly i'm trying to curb and i'm using pleasing words i have to use the pleasing words but gradually i have to see that a situation should come when i am speaking those pleasing words my mind is also attuned to it in no form any form of hatred or enmity or jealousy 
or in rancor, anything is working in my mind. So external, first we have to change the external behavior. It doesn't mean that as I am angry, so I have to just show my anger. That's not what is meant by mon or muk act, that my speech should conform to my mind. It's just the opposite. First, of course, my external behavior has to change. There should be a change in the behavior, but that doesn't ensure my character. Behavior and character are not synonymous. Behavior is the, you behave with a person externally, but character is something which is established when according to your behavior, your mind has also changed gradually with your willpower. You have changed your mind that the way you are behaving with the others, that's actually the real state of your mind. And then you get established in truth. So that's the definition Ramakrishna is giving about truthfulness. The one whose mind and speech are always, his speech always conforms to the mind and is always occupied with the truth. The thought of telling a lie does not occur even for saving one's life. And then you can be certain of the fact that you have developed that willpower, so much willpower that by your speech, whatever you say, it is going to be ineffable. It is going to happen. If such a person says, be virtuous, you will find your life is changing. That's why we pray to uh, this all this illumined soul. Oh, please make me good. Because we know that once he blesses us with that word, benevolent word, be virtuous. My life is going to change. It's going to have a stupendous transformation and it will be overhauling of my personality. We are so sure about it because that person through whom I seek the blessing is established in truth. So he has that mind, has that power. So again and again, even all the practice you will find that the mind is not something segregated, which is the thing. If you develop the mind which is established in truth, again, it is like a Wi-Fi with a strong signal. It is going to affect whatever you think that finds expression. Even, you know, we can explain it in a, uh, uh, in the psychological terms that for me at present, suppose I say, I let me move the chair. So this is a wish which has came to my mind, but as my mind is not strong, what it has to do, it has to, that wish has to find expression through thy nerves. It has to reach the, it has to reach my hand when the hand is pushing. What has happened? That according, as per the wish, the nervous current is activating my, uh, this muscles. The nerves activates the muscles and then the muscles pushes the chair. It is something like that your brain is wired these nerves are like wire. There's just when you pass uh, an electricity through some machine, the electricity will be just set to the fan. The electricity will be moving the uh, in uh, this uh, electric force is getting converted into some uh, mechanical force, is into some motion. And for that, you will find that the electric wires are there, isn't it? The electricity is carried through the wires. But nowadays, have you seen that by this by remote? You don't have, you have to on the switch, then through the wire, the electricity is going, is getting connected to the fan. But nowadays you have the remote. What has happened? The signals are making the current, we're getting connected with the fan and the fan starts revolving. So the mind of a yogi has become so powerful. He doesn't need the nerves as the wires to be connected to the muscles and to activate them. So that through Kriya, through some action, you have to get the result. No, it's not required. Your mind has become as powerful like a remote because with the willpower here, practice Satya in such a way, whatever you desire, just the way the remote with its strong signal, without the need of wires, there's no need for wire, just by its signal, it can make the fan revolve. So similar thing happens with a Satya Sankalpa person. There's no need for wire. You'll find that the, uh, uh, in nature, that example is there. To pass electricity, we have the idea we need wires. But is it true? Even Swami Vivekananda indicated in his lecture that in those days when electricity was yet to be uh, invented. 
Swamiji is giving a very nice example. Just see nature. When there is a thunderstorm, when the when you find there is a uh, what you say that there is a thunder in the sky, and whenever there is that you, there's the, the arc is formed. Uh, the lightning gets connected to the arc. The lightning arc. That that lightning is what? It's just nothing but it is a is a huge voltage. Is electricity? It is an electrostatic energy. It is electricity. That electricity is getting connected to the earth from the sky. How is it possible? Where is is there any wire? No. When the voltage is too high, you don't need the wire. It without the wire, just the way in the cathode ray tube, the, this the cathode rays are traversing. How? As the voltage is very high, you need no wires. The electrons can travel even without the medium in the space. The same thing happens when uh, the same thing when the mind is very strong. It doesn't need the nerves. It can seem like a remote. It can become so strong that it can just affect anything in its vicinity by mere wish. It can make things happen. How it has happened? Again, there is the culture of the mind. It is not mere speaking the truth. It's not just that physical. You have cultured the mind with the willpower, so it has become so strong that it has become a very strong transmitter, uh, and it can affect it can affect the phenomenal world without as such any physical involvement. So that's what is meant by satya sankalpa. Whatever he wish, that is going to happen. In the life of Ramakrishna, we find when Narain. Uh, he found that Ramakrishna is always praising him. One day he compared him with uh, Keshav Chandra. At that time, Keshav Chandra was a famous person. He was famous for his oratory. He was the one of the most famous leader of the Brahma Samaj. Everyone knew him. He was such a famous person. And Ramakrishna is comparing Keshav with Narain by saying that if Keshav has one power, Narain has eighteen powers. And Narain himself felt. embarrassed he told ramakrishna that you love me and that's why you speak all sorts of incongruous thing what people will think of you and ramakrishna say is saying that the future will say the future will uh, just say that what i am saying whether it's true or not just in time will say it and he's in the almost at the end of his life he wrote with a charcoal what that narain is going to teach the world that colloquial bengali ramakrishna wrote that narain shikhe dibe jokhon ghore bahire ghore bahire dak dibe that inside is the inside the in his own country as well as overseas everywhere he will be roaring like a lion narain and uh, why he will be roaring like a lion because he has to teach the world narain shikhe dibe jokhon ghore bahire dak dibe and narain himself never believed that uh, that he is going to preach the entire world but just see that ramakrishna's words are so ineffable no one thought what ramakrishna is saying is going to be true rakhal swami brahmananda the first president of our order being the first president he had to have the skills of a king to run huge administration all the centers were forming in india in abroad as a first president he had to be a very capable administrator and these young boys almost they had no higher education they were of course in schools they were uh, good in studies but they never went for higher education and he's saying rakhal has the temperament of a king he can rule a kingdom these young boys they were just 22 23 at that time and the future sees him in the role of the president the way he was running the entire administration in india in abroad that speaks that what ramakrishna is speaking about that rakhal the one who was just like a small boy he used to behave like a small boy he will go and sit in ramakrishna's lap the one who is very appears to be innocent such a such a person he is saying he is going to be the king and that's why 
even the other swamis seeing rakhal's role as the first president started calling him raja the raja he was really the king and that's what ramakrishna told sharat one day this another swami ramakrishna sat on his lap and told oh you have the capacity to take tremendous load a young boy of 2022 ramakrishna and then aged person of 50 coming and sitting in his lap and then getting up and saying that oh you have the capacity to take huge load and we find sharat maharaj swami sharadananda in the role of the first general secretary of our order with a high capable administrative skill so these all small boys in whom all these skills are yet to bloom whatever he is saying is happening so just wish what he is wishing that one day he told holy mother i see that all this white skin person their skin is white their hearts are white they are getting attracted to this idea he never told my me and mine he was so bereft of the idea of me and mine always used to say this place and no one thought when ramakrishna was alive he, somehow some 30 disciples were there a small group and that you find in just in such a short time throughout the world it has a huge role to play affecting the entire influencing so many uh this the, the such a broad spectrum of the human civilization even in australia this this ail basham the very famous history historian he he has mentioned that ramakrishna vivekananda is going to be the molders of the world in future is yet to come and because this all these intellectuals uh, have really found the such strong philosophy behind their life and that's the thing we find in ramakrishna's vision what he's saying is coming true so this is the satya sankalpa not only that you will if you read swami shishya sangbad uh, swami vivekananda's conversation with one of his disciple sharat chandra he used to call bangal one day the, the, at that time belurmat property was very small and he was strolling by the side of ganges swami ji along with his disciple and swami ji started saying on the west we are going to have such quarters on the east uh, there will be this uh, center for the ved this uh, vedic learning there will be university towards the uh, sorry towards the west and towards the um, south there will be this this uh, veda university and it will expand this what the campus will expand with so many activities the devotees will be staying on the other side and all those things he was saying and sharat chandra after hearing that told oh you really have a very vivid imagination and immediately swami ji's eyes became red he was so excited he told you say it's imagination i see it and you will, will be surprised to know where whatever he pointed out with the projects that this is this such and such project is going to happen in this direction that's what is happening in belurmat if you go the so many this lands came uh, for our use in ways even belurmat have never thought 10 years back they have came and they are being used in such a, a noble purpose the university has came there this uh, and the, there are so many apartments coming where the devotees are staying and everything is changing and it's not only that as he has directed so these are the prophecies which shows that the tremendous will power being established in truth whatever they are saying the truth is just following them it is not their following truth the so called truth whatever they say that comes to be true so that is what has been indicated in this sutra that satya pratishthayam kriya phalam asrayatyam that whatever is a result of an action you do through action that happens just by mere wish so that's what has been indicated in the 36 sutra so the 37 sutra just we will just read it out we will continue with the discussion again in the next class asteya pratishthayam सर्व रत्न उपस्थानम इफ वन गेट एस्टैब्लिश इन नॉन स्टीलिंग ऑल वेल्थ ज्वेल्स विल प्रेजेंट देम इट्स नॉट ओनली फिजिकल वेल्थ 
the biggest uh, power of ramakrishna is he got so many jewels as his disciples if show in the entire history that so many some 16 boys young boys who dedicated their life in the name of ramakrishna each of them are jewels not a single trace of impurity will find in them tremendous spiritual power so he has gathered not only the so called uh, ratna ratna of course came in the form of wealth in the form of inanimous wealth it came there were so many people to sustain him like mathu uh, balaram uh, surendranath there were so many to sustain him but that's that it doesn't end even after his uh, passing away that within the form of ramakrishna mission that enormous wealth it is accumulating for doing good work provided is coming just in his name sometimes we say it is ramakrishna who do tapasya and it is we who are as if enjoying that means enjoying means not for our own personal purpose as if it comes that whatever we think that such and such work has to be done we find people are there wealth is there it is pouring in it's all possible just by that name why because such holy persons when they get established in non stealing aste pratishthayam sarva ratna upasthanam the wealth by itself pours in so that's what has been spoken of in the 37 sutra we will take up this sutra for a bit more elaborate discussion and continue with the succeeding sutras again in the next class with this we conclude our discussion today namaskars thank you Namaskar. Thank you. Namaskar. Namaskar.